Let's pray, so if you guys can bow your heads, close your eyes. Um, Father God, we just thank you for tonight, Lord. We thank you, God, that um, we can uh, come into your presence, Lord. We thank you, God, that um, we can even communicate with you, Lord, with these wicked mouths of ours, Lord, um, one moment spewing blessings and the other moment um, spewing cursings, Lord. And we just thank you, God, that um, you redeem us, Lord, constantly. We just pray for tonight, God, we rebuke any distractions right now in the name of Jesus Christ, and we ask, God, that um, you just be with every person, Lord. We pray, God, that you, we know that you've already been opening up their hearts and their eyes and their ears, God, to receive what's going to be spoken tonight, Lord. Um, and we just pray, God, that you bring your holy convictions tonight, Lord. And uh, we know, God, um, that, yeah, you are faithful and just to forgive us, Lord, if we confess our sins. And we just pray, God, that um, tonight you just purify us of our speech, Lord. And we just pray that be our prayer for every day, God, as we um, continue to live this life, Lord. And we just pray, God, that you will continue to bridle our tongue, Lord, and let it be a blessing to people. And so, um, yeah, we just thank you, God, for tonight. And uh, be with me, Lord. Speak through me, Lord. I pray that it's not me speaking, but you, God. And so, um, yeah, in Jesus' name, amen. All right, so um, as the night progresses, um, we're going to do this little activity, but right now I'm going to kind of talk about what uh, RCA is. My girls kind of know what an RCA is. Yeah, no? You guys don't remember? It's, uh, it's a root cause analysis. So anybody uh, have an idea of what that means? <laughs> no, it's not a root canal. It's a root cause analysis. The cause of the root. Amen. Sure, it's analysis. No, <laughs> no, but um, it's so it's actually a hypothesis term. And so what it means is it's to find out what the root of a problem is. So like when you analyze something, for example, like Mark's not taking out the trash. Well, why is he not taking out the trash? Okay. <laughs> no, Mark's just super tired. Well, why is he super tired? Oh, because he stayed up really late doing his homework last night. <laughs> oh my gosh. Anyways, anyways, let's focus. Why was Mark staying up late to do his homework? Because he had to turn in his homework the next day so he could get a decent grade. Well, why did he have to turn in homework? Um, because, you know, in order to, it, we get good grades in school and then, you know, that can lead to, you know, college or other things and also teaches you discipline in life. You know, when you guys are working hard in school, it, it actually teaches you to make deadlines. You guys are going to have payments and stuff that you're going to have to make. You guys are going to have to know what it means to do things on time. Anyways, so that's kind of like what a root cause analysis is. Like, because Mark was tired... No, not because he was tired. Because he had homework to turn into class, he was staying up late to do it. And since he was staying up late to do it, he was tired, right? Kind of get that? Yeah? yeah. yeah? So you're, you found out what the root of the problem was. And so anyways, we're going to jump into scripture. Um, and why we're going to do an RCA is we're going to uh, analyze why we can't control our tongue. Like, think about that. Like, why do we have such difficulty controlling what comes out of our mouth? One moment we're praising Jesus and singing worship songs and crying and like, Jesus, you're so good. And then the next moment we're, you know, speaking death over one another. We're saying discouraging words. We're, 
you know, doing all these things that are not glorifying to the Lord. So we're going to do an RCA after looking at these scriptures and kind of figure out why can we not tame our tongue. So can everybody turn in their Bibles to um, James 3, 2, 12. And who wants to be my reader? 2, why don't you be my reader? <laughs> Come on up here, 2, 2. Huh? Um, sure, yeah, I can open up to you or open it up for you. And then uh, you can grab the mic from Miss Taylor Cernel. Ooh, I just ripped my page. Aggressive valuable turning. What are we doing? Okay, we're doing three, two through 12. Okay. All right, everybody there? How come you don't have your Bible? That's not a good place for it to be. Yes, grab Kamali's Bible. Yes, amen. All right, let's focus. Hmm? James 3, 2 through 12. All right, everybody there? Mm-hmm. Just take your time. 2-2 status. For we all stumble in many ways, and if anyone does not stumble in what he says, he is a perfect man, able also to bridle his whole body. If we put bits into the mouths of horses so that they obey us, we guide their whole bodies as well. Look at the ships also. Though they are so large and are driven by strong winds, they are guided by a very small rudder wherever the will of the pilot directs. So also the tongue is a small member, yet it boasts of great things. How great a forest is set, to, set ablaze by such a small fire. And the tongue is a fire, a world of unrighteousness. The tongue is set among our members, staining the whole body, setting on fire the entire course of life, and set on fire by hell. For every kind of beast and bird of reptile and sea creature can be tamed and has been tamed by mankind, but no human being can tame the tongue. It is a restless evil full of deadly poison. With it we bless our Lord and Father, and with it we curse people who are made in the likeness of God. From the same mouth come blessings and cursings. My brothers, these things ought not to be so. Does a spring pour forth from the same opening both fresh and salt water? Can a fig tree... My brothers, bear olives or a grapevine produce figs. Neither can a salt pond yield fresh water. Amen. So uh, what do we think of that portion? It's pretty intense, right? We'll just kind of review that really quickly and just kind of pick out some things in that. Um, For example, it says, the only man who can bridle his tongue is what? A perfect man. So what does that mean for the rest of us who aren't perfect? <laughs> yep, we're never going to be able to bridle our tongue. That's, that's pretty intense, right? Like that shows that we really have no power over our tongue. And so in the next portion, um, in the next scripture, it says, if we put bits into the mouths of horses so that they obey us, we guide their whole bodies as well. Like, that's pretty intense, you know, you can use your tongue either to glorify God or not. Because if it's not of love, it's not of God. Think about that. Like, if love is not coming out of your mouth, that is not of the Lord. Gossip, lying, half-truths, flattering, exaggerating. Yeah, flattery is considered a form of lie. Because mm-hmm. your, your motive behind flattering somebody is so that you can gain their approval 
right? Um, putting others down, being boastful, bragging, manipulating, sarcasm. I'm not looking at anybody directly right now. <laughs> but I'm just saying, like, if, if you can bridle your tongue, like, you can steer away from those things, right? And so just like the next scripture, it says, Look at the ships also, though they are large and are driven by strong winds. They are guided by a very small rudder, wherever they, the will of the pilot directs. So also the tongue is a small member, yet it boasts of great things. Okay, so how many of you guys heard that um, truth that the tongue is the strongest muscle in the body? Nobody? Really? Okay, a couple of you guys. Well, just letting you guys know that's false and it's a lie. <laughs> Actually, no, there's not a way to um, compare muscles in the body to say which one is the strongest because there's different um, elements of what is considered strength. But the tongue is one of the strongest muscles in the body. And so just think about it. Like, so the heart, I'm going to get into that. So you can appreciate your tongue that much more by the end of tonight. And you'll be like, thank you, Jesus, for this tongue and this strong muscle. Anyways, like, you don't even have to, like, work it out. It's always working out. Anyways. (laughs) Okay, so does anybody know about the human heart? The human heart beats your whole life, right? That makes sense, right? It beats anywhere from, like, mic drop. (laughs) So your heart beats anywhere from 60, exactly, unless you're Lazarus and Jesus brings you back to life, right? Um, Anyways, (laughs) so your heart constantly beats throughout your life and never gets fatigued. Any muscle in your body, when you use it, it gets fatigued, right? How many of you guys work out or like... Okay, there's some of you guys, but still, even if you were to go like this with your hand for like two minutes, your muscles in your arm would start to get fatigued, right? And this is what your heart's doing for 70, 80, 90 years, and it never stops unless you have a heart attack, right? So think about the tongue. If the tongue is similar to the heart and it has that type of stamina, think about your tongue. Has your tongue ever gotten tired? No, right? Well, okay, Mariah, <laughs> there's an exception for some people, but, <laughs> but anyways, yeah, think about it, like your tongue, for the most part, yeah, sometimes when you're eating a lot, which is a sin, just kidding, <laughs> but yes, it is, but gluttony, yes, but let's focus, let's focus, when, <laughs> anyways, um, so your tongue is constantly going, and your tongue has almost the same stamina as your heart, right? But what's the problem with this? That means you can always use it. And if you can always use it, what does that mean? It's a problem, right? There is a problem, because if you're not controlling what comes out of your mouth 24-7, you're most likely going to be saying things that you regret. You're most likely going to be saying things that are actually putting people down. You're most likely going to be gossiping. You're most likely going to be slandering people. You're most likely going to be telling lies. And so I just thought that was a cool thought to think about, that your tongue is always going, right? Even when you sleep, your tongue is processing saliva in your mouth and like making sure that you don't aspirate while you sleep, which means like you don't like breathe in water and then like die while you're sleeping. It's pretty amazing. Like it's 
I know, but, but I'm just saying, like, let's appreciate this, this God-given tongue that we have, right? Anyways, so I just, so going back to the scripture, it says, so also the tongue is a small member, yet it boasts of great things. Your tongue is probably like, what, two inches by two inches of your whole body, yet it can create some of the, the most destructive things that can happen on this earth through your words, Right? That's kind of crazy to think. Not your biceps, not your quads, not your gastrocnemiuses. No, your tongue. <laughs> your latissimus dorsi. That's not going to do anything. But anyways, so let's hop on to the next scripture. It says, How great a forest is set ablaze by such a small fire, and the tongue is a fire, a world of unrighteousness. The tongue is set among our members, sustaining the uh, whole body, setting on fire the entire course of life, and set on fire by hell. That's pretty intense, right? You know what that says? It says that if you do not allow there to be a bridle on your tongue, that means that Satan can use you as a discouragement to somebody else. Like, that's kind of heavy to think. Like, even though you're saved, like, he can still prompt you. You know, when you get tempted, like, to just yell at your parents or to cuss somebody out, you can speak so much death in the fraction of a second. And like it says right here, you can set ablaze a fire, to a forest by just a small spark. And so I just wanted you guys to think about right now. I want you guys all to close your eyes and focus right now. And I want you guys to think about um, what are the lies people have spoken into your life? Everybody, close your eyes. Yeah. How many people have taught you that or told you that you're not good enough? Yeah. That you're ugly or that you're never going to escape pro- poverty? or that you're never going to amount to anything, or that you're never going to go to college, or you're never going to finish high school, or that you're never going to pass a certain class, or that you're just like your parents, in a bad way, um, that you have no purpose on this earth. Um, The list can go on, right? Do things come to mind when you guys kind of meditate on that? The things that people have spoken to you? Kind of hurts, yeah? I'm sure there's specific um, faces that are coming into your guys' minds, right? And so why I kind of wanted to do that was because, and talk about that, is because those lies that we hold on to every day, you can open your eyes, those lies that we hold on to every day, they don't just happen overnight. Like Satan doesn't just like drop like a TNT big bomb on you overnight, you know, because you're going to know it. Like if he tells you like if your whole life you've been told, you're awesome, Jesus loves you, and you believe it, and Satan tells you, you suck at life, you're not going to be like, oh my gosh, he's right. No, it's going to be, <laughs> it's going to be, it's what Satan does in our mind, because the mind is a battlefield. Satan literally plants a little TNT trail, right? And so say you guys have parents, right? I know not all of you guys have the best of parents. Pray for them. But think about your parents and them telling you something specific, like you're never going to amount to something, right? And over the years, you just constantly hear that, constantly hear that, constantly hear that. And then maybe somebody one of your friends, one day they're really mad at you and they drop that on you. And that just pushes you over the limit, right? That's just like the end of the TNT trail, the big bomb that Satan was leading up to, right? And you decide to start cutting yourself. Or you decide that you're done with life because if that person thinks that and the people closest to me think that, then that must be true, right? Like, this is real truth, guys. I, like, I know you guys are kind of like, like, I'm not trying to get super serious and like, you know, but I'm just speaking life into it because 
That happens to each and every one of us. Each and every one of us had had lies spoken into our life because people aren't perfect and they haven't bridled their tongues. And so I just want you to, to really meditate on that, about how you have felt about how people have spoken to you. And now we're going to twist that and think about how you've spoken those things over other people. What have you spoken to your guys' parents? Yeah, when you guys were super mad. And I can testify, man. I'm not trying to be up here and act like I'm so holy because when Kaipo approached me and asked me to speak on language, I was like, whew, I am such a wicked person. <laughs> like, I can't believe you're asking me to speak on this because I know, like, I get impatient. I'm not gentle and all these things. But at the same time, this is perfect timing because I'm actually going on a family trip with my family. And the Lord has just been ingrating me in me over and over. Like, to, like I need to, like, dig into him and just bridle this tongue because if not, I'm just going to be really sharp with them. I'm not going to be super patient. I'm not going to say things that are necessarily loving. And so it's kind of cool that I'm preaching on this because it's like reiterating it and preparing me for when I actually go on my trip. But this is also applicable to us every day. So anyways, going back to um, what, it, what lies have you spoken of, over other people's lives? You know? It's kind of it's heavy. Like, have you told people that they were dumb? Even joking. Even joking. Have you told people that they were dumb, they were stupid, not good enough, that they were ugly, a mistake, that nobody likes them, that they're a waste of time? Like, that's kind of heavy. Like, think about when the people were speaking those things over you and how you felt, but now you're speaking that over other people. That's kind of heavy, right? So anyways, um, there is a a nice happy ending to all of this because God is good, but... I just want you guys to really meditate on this. And so anyways, we're going to move on to the next scripture, which says, For every kind of beast and bird, of reptile and sea creature, can be tamed and has been tamed by mankind. But no human being can, be tame, can tame the tongue. It is a restless evil full of deadly poison. With it we bless our Lord and Father, and with it we curse people who are made in the likeness of God. From the same mouth come blessing and cursing. My brothers, these things ought not to be so. Does a spring pour forth from the same opening, both fresh and salt water? Can a fig tree, my brothers, bear olives, or a grapevine produce figs? Neither can a salt pan ye- a pond yield fresh water. So it's kind of interesting, because we were all in here, right? And we were all worshiping God, or I, was, I would hope, you know, that we were in here worshiping God. And, you know, when you leave here, what are you going to do when you go home, when your mom and dad pick you up and you're just like, brah, you know, not necessarily like that. It kind of sounds like the people from Charlie Brown. But anyways, <laughs> but, you know, like at one moment you're praising Jesus, but the next you're not. Because it says right here, it says, with it, we curse people who are made in the likeness of God. It does not matter if you like somebody or you don't, because everybody is made in the image of God. And so if everybody is made in the image of God, what does that mean? That means we need to talk to them like they're made in the image of God. That means we need to encourage them like they're made in the image of God. That means that we need to love on them and be patient and gentle and kind like they're made in the image of God. And so it's just kind of crazy that how can we praise Jesus, the creator of all humans, yet not love his creation? So, and then the next portion of this says, um, does a spring pour forth this from the same open, opening, both fresh and salt water? You guys who dive and stuff, like you know that a waterfall doesn't pour forth salt water into the salt water. Like I don't know what planet that's on, but like it doesn't happen. There's yeah, there's an in between part where it's like 
fresh water and then the salt water and then it's like brackish water. But it doesn't come from the same spout. And that's how it should be with our mouth, right? If we're praising Jesus, then we should be praising Jesus all the time. But we're going to get down to why we don't. So anyways, um, we're going to hop into our next scriptures. Uh, let's turn to Romans three ten through 18. Do I have a reader? Anybody want to read? Volunteers? I have cookies. No, I don't. I'm sorry. <laughs> I don't have cookies. I'm sorry. I wish I did. I really wanted to buy you guys like little like snacks and stuff, but then you guys would probably be super distracted. Oh, Keone's got carrots. So if you read, you can come eat a carrot. <laughs> it's the size of a cookie. Romans 3, 10 through 18. Kaleo, come up here and read for me. Come on up. Yay! Over here. Come over here. So everybody can be graced with your beautiful face. Because Jesus loves you and he created you. All right, hold it close to your mouth. Uh, yes. As it is written, none is righteousness. Yep. I don't know. Is it on? Romans three ten through eighteen. Yep. As it is written, no one is righteousness, no not one, no one understands, no one seeks for God. All have turned aside, together they have become worthless. No one does good, not even one. Their throat is an open grave. They use their tongues to deceive. The venom of is under their lips. Their mouth is full of curses and bitterness. Their feet are swift to shed blood. In their paths and in their paths are ruin and misery. Mm-hmm. And the way of peace they have not known. There is no fear of God before their eyes. It's more heavy scripture, right? Talking about the tongue. How do you guys like that part where it says uh, their throat is an open grave? Yeah, it's kind of gross, right? That means, like, what's in a grave? Usually, like, a dead person, right? And so that means, like, your mouth is literally, can be death, going back to the importance of speaking life, right? So anyways, um, yeah, there's that scripture, and you guys can review that more. Um, But yeah, it just says straight up right here, their mouth is full of curses and bitterness, and uh, their feet are swift to shed blood, and it just goes to show, like, how wicked we really are. And so let's um, hop on to the next scripture, we've, which we've been hearing, Luke six forty-five. Everybody there? Take your time, take your time. Uh, 6.45, and this is the one that Kaipo has been kind of reiterating on throughout the past couple weeks. You guys are getting a Bible workout tonight. Working on those thumbs. It's okay. God's grace is sufficient. <laughs> Amen. Um, all right, so I'll just read it to you guys. But it says, out of the overflow of the heart, the mouth speaks. And like I said, Kaipo has been talking about that a lot. So, um, yeah, if you have bitterness in your heart, what's going to be coming out of your mouth? Bitterness. Oh, okay. 
Never heard of that, but thank you for educating me. No. But if you guys have unforgiveness in your heart, what's going to be coming out of your mouth? Yeah. If you guys have um, resentment in your heart, resentment's going to be coming out of your mouth. And it doesn't even mean, it doesn't even have to mean that your whole heart has to be bitter. Like you're just in a super bitter season. It can even be just you being directly bitter at one person. For example, I'm going to keep using your guys as parents because I know that not all of you guys have the best relationships with your parents and it's not always conveyed well in your speech. But if you have bitterness and unforgiveness in your heart towards your parents, maybe that's why when you talk to them, you're not patient and you're not gentle with them. Like, that, the Lord kind of dropped that on me because I was just like, dang, like, why am I just so, like, swift to, like, just be sharp with my words and just cut off the sentence instead of sitting here and being patient? And it was just like, because you have unforgiveness in your heart towards them. And I'm like, wow, that's pretty heavy. And it's kind of cool because if you think about somebody's speech, your speech is an indicator of what's going on in your heart. So how do you know a good athlete? If somebody's going around and saying, like, I'm a great athlete, like, do you really know if there's a, they're a great athlete? Right? They need to prove it. And so what's one way that athletes can prove that they're good athletes? Through their statistics, right? They win stuff. It could even, sometimes the teams aren't always good, so it could be through their personal statistics, right? And you're going to know a good athlete by their personal statistics. Wow, like, this person can run a 40-meter run in, like, four seconds, you know, or this athlete like just got 16 kills in their last game. Wow, this is like a good athlete. You know, they're producing. And that's how you can like kind of look at like the good athletes and like the mediocre athletes. I'm not putting any athletes down, <laughs> but I'm just saying like you can kind of gauge where they are in their athletic stance by the, the fruits that they're producing. And it's also the same with our mouth. If I'm hearing you being super sarcastic and not focused in your speech and... Um, really bitter and negative and speaking death over people, then like that means that you have a lot of bitterness in your heart. And it doesn't mean that you're a bad person, but there may be a certain area of your life that you have not let the Lord work in you. And so you're carrying this and you're carrying it. Have you, do you guys know the phrase of a scapegoat? Do you know what that means? So a scapegoat, and it was actually in um, Old Testament times, is when you would sin There would be like, for example, a perfect goat on the altar and you would transfer your sins over to this goat and then it was a perfect goat, blameless, etc. And this goat would be sacrificed so that you could be cleansed. And so that's where kind of the definition of a scapegoat came. And so that can also be applicable with when we, um, for example, you and your mom just got into a huge argument, right? And then you're like all like frazzled and stuff and now you see your best friend and you take that into your conversation with your best friend and you just like lash out on them. You just treated that person as a scapegoat. Like because you just took all of your bitterness, all of your frustration and like lashed out on this person who didn't even do anything wrong. They're just like, what? <laughs> I just said hello. And you just went blah, 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 all over them. Charlie Brown's, you know, speech. But yeah, so I just want you guys to really meditate on that. It's like, when you speak, kind of gauge like what you're hearing because it's like, man, like I'm complaining a lot. That means that I'm not content about something and that means that I'm not allowing the Lord to be my everything because if you're not content with something, that means that you're not trusting him to provide, right? Does that make sense? And so I can go on all day talking about that, but we're gonna actually hop into our next scripture, which is um, Romans 5, 12 through 14. And that should be, uh, 
Majority of you guys there? Okay. So, 5, 12 through 14. Where are we at? Where are we at? Um, Therefore, just as sin came into the world through one man and death through sin, and so death spread to all men because all sinned. For sin indeed was in the world before the law was given, but sin is not counted where there is no law. Yet death reigned from Adam to Moses, even over those sinning was not like the transgression of Adam, who was type who was a type of the one who was to come. And so what this is basically talking about is like going back in time and talking about how sin entered the world through Adam, right? Because Adam and Eve had chose to be um, rebellious towards the Lord. And through that, that's how sin entered into the world. And that's how we all suffer with sin now. We have a sin nature, right? And so, um, yeah. I kind of want to go back to our RCA thing. So remember, root cause analysis. So with all these scriptures being spoken, I want, I want to pick your guys' mind of what you guys think. And so I'm going to ask you this first question. So I'm going to ask you why, and then you guys kind of brainstorm, and then you guys give me back an answer, and then we'll move on to the next one. So why can't I tame my tongue? From the scriptures that we talked about today, because we're not perfect. Yeah, keep going. Because we live in, that's a good answer but not the answer I'm looking for. Yep. Okay. Yep. No, those are great answers, but I'm looking for a super simple one. Why can't I tame my tongue? Because it is untamable. Well, that's what scripture said, right? Said that it was untamable. All right. So now we're going to go into the next question. Why is my tongue untamable? Tameable. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Because we're wicked people, right? And we have a wicked heart, right? Because we said out of our heart, you know, comes the, or out of the overflow of the heart is, comes the mouth, whatever. You know what I'm trying to say. But if you have wickedness in your heart, then it's going to come out of your mouth. So why don't we ask the question, why do we have wickedness in our heart? Or why do we have a wicked heart? Yes, we were born into sin. Because of our sin nature. Next question. Why do we have sin nature? Yes. Which makes us sinners. Winner, winner. Chicken sinner. I'm just kidding. (laughs) Whoa. But because we're sinners. And why are we sinners? They ate death, (laughs) pretty much, because Adam and Eve chose to disobey God's command in the garden. No, this is actually the root, right? This like well, technically, okay, technically, you could continue to go deeper, but we're gonna stop here because we're on a, you know, take it a little deeper. (laughs) Yeah, we're not getting the shovel out tonight. We're just getting the little garden uh, shovel, not the big shovel. But anyways. Because it all started when Adam and Eve disobeyed God, right? And because of that, sin entered into us. And because of that, we struggle with sin. And because we struggle with sin, we have wicked hearts and we need to bridle our tongue. And so our problem is not our mouth. What is our problem? No. Yes, but no. It's a heart issue, right? The problem is not our mouth. The problem is it's a heart issue, right? Because your heart is 
connected to your mouth, right? So your mouth is just kind of like, like a puppet almost, but you have a puppet master. And so if your heart is wicked and all of these things, it's going to control what comes out of your mouth. But the good news is, what's the good news? God's grace is sufficient. Jesus died for our sins. And we are redeemed. And we have all these great things. And also on top of being redeemed, we are able to be transformed by the renewing of our minds, right? And did you know that the mind is actually directly correlated with the heart? And so a lot of times when people use the heart and the mind, it means the same thing. It's kind of interchangeable. So mind and heart, like in scripture. Oh boy. Yeah, in a way it's kind of interchangeable, yeah. But you don't follow your heart. Why? Amen. That's all you guys could take away from today. I'd be a happy person. So that's like one of the biggest lies of society today is follow your hearts. So many people will give you that advice and be like, just, just, no. (laughs) I've, I've never heard to follow your nose. But people tell you, no, no Fruit Loops. Don't follow the toucan. But <laughs> they say, <laughs> or the Lucky Charms leprechaun, because he is deceitful. There is no pot of gold. But anyways, because <laughs> rainbows are always changing, right? Right, right? Yes. It's an illusion. Ooh, that's a whole sermon right there. Don't follow the rainbow because it is an illusion. Where is the Lord? Anyways, moving on. It also says in scripture to take every thought captive, right? And so if your mind is correlated with your heart, that means taking captive every thought is, is kind of taking captive of like what's going to happen before you start speaking, right? Does that make sense? Okay. So if we're taking captive of our thoughts, people, what are we going to replace those wicked thoughts with? Yes, godly thoughts, pure and lovely things. You're not going to be watching certain things that you guys watch. You're not going to be listening to certain music that you guys are listening to. You're not going to be hanging out with certain people that are actually speaking death over your life and don't really approve of the way you live your life because you're living it for Jesus. You know, they're going to make you feel bad because you're a Christian or whatever, 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 as you guys can fill in the blanks. You know, what are you guys watching behind closed doors? What are you guys listening to? Are you guys listening to music that is filled with drugs, sex, and alcohol? Because I tell you, your earbuds is the closest thing to your brain. Think about that. And you are, there's not even a, a filter in front of what is being put right into your brain. And it doesn't even mean that you have to be necessarily aware of it. But if you're constantly allowing these negative things to fill your mind, like you're not, you're not even filtering it. Like as long as, like at least if like there's playing music out loud, like you have a chance to put like, what are those things called? Earplugs or like walk out of the room, whatever, you know? You get the idea. You know, what are you guys watching? Are you guys watching movies that um, have inappropriate content in them? You know? Are you guys watching movies that have a lot of swearing in them or pornography? Because that's pretty much what's going on in America right now, that it's okay to watch those movies. Fifty Shades of Grey. I hope and I pray that none of you guys watch that. And even though... Like, we put that on, like, the way bad side of the spectrum. There's still movies that are PG-13 that has inappropriate material in it. You know? Like me, personally. 
I actually go on parentsguide.com before I watch a movie and I look at it. And I'm like, this is why I watch cartoons all the time because there's nothing wrong in cartoons. Besides Family Guy. Don't watch Family Guy. <laughs> but like Scooby-Doo, come on. Like, can't really go wrong with that. Anyways, you know, so anyways, my whole point in bringing all of that up is just like to really, what are you thinking about? What are you allowing to, to captivate your mind? Is it things of God? Like I said earlier, if it's not of love, then it's not of the Lord. Are you allowing negative things that people said to you to captivate your mind? And the cool thing about all of this is that God gives us authority in the name of Jesus Christ to rebuke those things. Like, we have the power to rebuke demons. We have the power to rebuke negative things in our mind. We have the power to, like, people, Denise always makes fun of me. (laughs) But I'm always, like, sometimes when somebody says, I rebuke that. And it's just like, even though I'm joking, I'm like, no, I don't, I choose not to accept that lie. Like, why am I going to allow that to even, like, sink into my subconscious? Because, like, that little TNT trail, you know, like the coyote and the roadrunner, you know, like, he never wins. But, amen, that is a story right there. That coyote never wins because God is faithful and protects that (laughs) roadrunner. Woo, epiphany, mic drop moment. It's over. We're done for tonight. (laughs) That's going to be my next sermon. Anyways, but... (laughs) completely forgot what I was talking about but God is good and so I just want you guys to know that is that through the power of Jesus you guys are able to overcome your heart in the sinful desires of your heart you're able to control your tongue through Jesus Christ because you guys know you keep telling yourself before you talk to your mom be patient be patient be patient and then you're not patient (laughs) believe me I know but (laughs) but through communing with him like my biggest I think my biggest encouragement for you guys tonight or just advice, is the importance of communing with God every single day. Because if you do not spend that time with the Lord, and I'm preaching to the choir right now, if you do not spend that time with the Lord every single day, and we turn it into a chore, but really it's a privilege that we get to speak to the creator of the universe. And I'm preaching to the choir right now, because sometimes we enter our prayer and we're like, God, I just thank you for today. And Charlie Brown talking again. But You know, not that it's bad to thank God for today, but like, what is your heart condition going into prayer? You are talking to the holy God of the universe who created trillions and trillions of stars. You guys come into Monday nights goofing around and putting, you know, like not even like taking this seriously. I'm not trying to like beat the sheep right now and tell you, but I'm just saying like you speak to a holy God who is just. And that's kind of scary to think about. But at the same time, he is still so compassionate and he is still so loving and he's okay with your, you being distracted and not really taking prayer time seriously, not really taking Monday night seriously, not really taking Sunday seriously. And he's okay with that. It blows my mind. Think about you trying to have a conversation with one of your friends and every single time you like talk to them, they like go the other way. You're just like, I'm gonna go talk to that wall over there. <laughs> hey wall, how are you doing? You'll listen to me. You know, that's kind of how we treat God. And I just want you guys to meditate on that because even through all of that and how wicked we are, God still pursues us constantly. Like, it's almost like an adulterous wife and her husband. Like, the husband still pursues the wife even though she's thinking about other men, even though she's going out and dating and doing inappropriate things with other men. That, that husband still chooses to love her. That husband still chooses to pay for her, her bills and all of those things and to provide for her and to love their kids and not to leave her. That is the same way our God is with us because we are adulterous people. 
And we get so caught up with the things of this world, which is, you know, like it's not bad things all the time, but I'm saying if you ever let that supplant who God is in your life, like there's going to be a problem. And so I just encourage you guys, like spend that time with the Lord because that's how you're going to be able to love your family to a deeper extent. That's how you're going to be able to reach out to the lost, right? That's how you're going to be able to overcome the craziness of your life. Like, think about the deepest, darkest places that you guys have been in. God was there. And I know it may not seem like that, but he was there. And maybe you don't understand why he allowed that to happen, but he was there. God is sovereign, and he has a plan for everything. And what we think is good is not always what God thinks is good. God has, our our minds can't even conceive the thoughts that he has for us. And can't even conceive the plans that he has for his story, not our story. Get that history, his story. But I just want to encourage you guys that, like, you guys can do this, you know. It's going to take a lot of humility, you know. But isn't that great that you can have a conversation? Okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, to, where's Brooke? He left. No! Brooke, Summer told me this story, right? So him and his friends used to be, like, super sarcastic with one another, right? And then one day they sat down and they're like, dude, why do we talk like this to each other? Like, we're brothers in Christ. Like, I love you, man. You know, like, but yet I like super sarcastic with you. I'm super like just critical and judging and all of these things and just like saying mean things to you. And so they all agreed that instead of like speaking death, that they were going to speak life to one another. Like, wouldn't you love to go up to your like guy friend and be like, I love you, bro. You're awesome. You're the man. You squat more weight. You do 500 pounds. You're going to do it in the name of Jesus. Like, wouldn't you, wouldn't you want that? Like, wouldn't you want somebody to, like, encourage you? Like, wouldn't you want, like, this person to speak life over your life instead of, like, telling you you suck at life? Because, you know, sin is evil, right? And what does evil do to people? Evil hurts people. And I'm not trying to make this as a list of things, like a legalistic, like checkoff list, like, oh, I didn't curse today. I didn't slander today. I didn't do this. I didn't do this. But really, if you think about that, like going back to remember, I talked about the people hurting you guys. Like the reason we don't do those things is because like that's not love. And we're actually hurting these people and doing evil things to them. And so I just want you guys to understand that, like, and to start processing that and just to be like, you know what? Like, am I really like showing love in my actions and in my words? And even if you're not, it's okay because God can help you through that. Like God has been taking me through a big process in my life. I used to be super sarcastic. It was really sad, but like (laughs) when I was in like middle school, like people would be like, what are the three words that define you? And it's kind of like ironic because I'm just thinking about this right now. Used to be like, oh, I'm nice. I'm funny and I'm sarcastic. (laughs) Oh, really? Because niceness and sarcasm go together? (laughs) No, they don't. They're kind of contradictory, like contradicting, all right? Like, if you're, if you're considering yourself a nice person and you're spewing out harsh sarcasm towards people, like, how is that nice? I don't know, just food for thought, you know? <laughs> I don't know, you know? And so it was just literally through the Lord just redeeming my mouth so that I can encourage you guys. Like, if I was super sarcastic towards you guys, like, wouldn't that kind of be like, you wouldn't really want Taylor. <laughs> you guys wouldn't really want to come around me, right? You'd be like, ooh, she's just going to be super discouraging right now. Or like, ooh, she's going to like say something that I don't really want to hear right now, you know? And so, yeah, I just really want you guys to meditate in that, is that your speech is so important. 
and what comes out of your mouth is so important. But more importantly, like to, the way to fix that is to allow God to fix your heart. And by communing with him every day, that's how he's going to fix your heart. Does that make sense? By stapling down your flesh and being like, you know what? Like, I need to practice humility in my life. Like in reading God's scriptures and writing that on the tablet of your heart. If you write these things on the tablet of your heart, that means that like eventually these things that are like on the tablet of your heart are going to come out of your mouth, right? And so... Yeah, I just encourage that so much in my own life. Like, how are you going to be able to come over, overcome these temptations without Jesus? You really can't. Because we can't even help ourselves. Like we just read in scripture, like sin entered into the world and we can't even help ourselves. But God is so gracious that he sent his one and only son and he sent his Holy Spirit to be that strength within us to overcome those things. And so, yeah, I love you guys. And you guys are awesome. And... Yep, I would not be here doing this if I didn't love you guys, just saying. (laughs) So just know that I love you guys. But let's pray. Um, Father God, I just thank you so much um, for tonight, Lord. I thank you, God, um, for even being used by you, Lord. Um, So humbling, God. And I just pray, God, that you continue to work in each and every one of these youth, Lord, and youth leaders, God. because they are more than conquerors through you who loved us, God. And they can be nation changers, Lord. And I rebuke any lies, Lord, that the enemy just put in their mind right then and there, Lord. That doubt of like, what? What is a nation changer? What? I don't know how to get there. I can't even change my school. But God, like you in us, Lord, can do more things than we could even imagine. And so I just pray, God, that you just continue to just create these youth, Lord, to be conquerors, Lord. I pray, God, that you continue to help them fight the condemnation of the enemy, Lord. I pray, God, that they know, Lord, that there is no condemnation in you, Lord, that there is a difference between conviction and condemnation, that conviction is of you, Lord, and it always redirects them back to you, Lord, and condemnation is straight from the pit of hell. And so I just pray, God, that you continue to just bring that revelation, God, so that they can filter those words that are being spoken over them every day, God. I pray, God, that the images that they see, Lord, that are discouraging towards them, Lord, I pray, God, that they put a filter over their eyes, God. And I just thank you, Jesus, for these kids, Lord. You brought them here today, Lord, and you've been working in them, God. And we just thank you, God, that um, they're in the palm of your hands, Lord. We pray over their families, God, and we just pray, God, that you continue to bring restoration in their families, Lord. I pray, God, that these youth will be um, just great lights in their family, Lord, and that, um, yeah, your love will illuminate through them, God, through their mouth, through their actions, God. And, um, yeah, we thank you for tonight. In Jesus' name, amen.